I'm Father Ron Shipley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to episode five in the fourth edition of the AIC Bible Study video series, New Testament Gospels. In episode five, I complete the discussion of the fulfillment of prophecy in the life of Christ with four final examples, and then move on to the last major theme in the Gospel of St. Matthew, Jesus' demonstration of his divine origin through his prophecies of events yet to come. At the end of the episode, I will point out where material presented in Episode 5 is discussed in the new AIC bookstore publication, The Gospel of Matthew, Annotated and Illustrated. The first example in chapter 21, following the parable of the vineyard owner, includes one of the most famous and most powerful Old Testament quotations and allusions in the New Testament. St. Matthew captures the sense of fear which the chief priests and Pharisees felt at the popularity of Jesus, whom the people took for a prophet and a king, having honored him as such in his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. In Matthew 21, verses 42 to 46, Jesus connects himself to the cornerstone rejected in Psalm 118, verses 22 to 23, offering more evidence of the kingdom of heaven theme in St. Matthew's Gospel. The scribes and Pharisees would have been very familiar with Psalm 118, a psalm of David and one of the halal psalms sung by officials and priests during processions up to the temple steps. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in scriptures the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it, and whoever falls on this stone will be broken, and on whomever it falls it will grind him to powder. Now when the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking of them. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitudes because they took him for a prophet. The illustration, the cornerstone, is an opaque watercolor over graphite on gray wove paper painted in the late 19th century by James Tissot, part of the collection of Life of Christ scenes by Tissot in the Brooklyn Museum. The second reference in this episode to St. Matthew's theme of the fulfillment of prophecy is found in chapter 22, his account of Jesus' dialogue with the Pharisees in verses 41 to 46, which is the second half of the Gospel reading for 18th Sunday after Trinity. In this encounter, the outcome was not quite what the Pharisees had hoped. Jesus used their own logic against them, in effect backing them into an admission of the true meaning of the term Christ or Messiah in Hebrew. Through this dialogue, St. Matthew again introduces the related concepts of kingship and royalty. The Old Testament quotation they are discussing is Psalm 110, verse 1, the most quoted Old Testament verse in the New Testament. 
It marked the turning point in Jesus' already tense relationship with the Pharisees. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How then does David in the Spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to him, to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare question him any more. The illustration is a 15th century apse mosaic of Christ Pantocrator with angels at the Basilica of St. Ambrose. Milan, Italy. Another example of the fulfillment of prophecy theme occurs in Matthew 27, verses 6 to 10, St. Matthew's account of the trial of Jesus on Good Friday. References made to the 30 pieces of silver prophecy of Zechariah 22, verses 6 to 9. The same dialogue includes a reference to a potter's field. In the American South in the 19th and early 20th centuries, the name Potter's Field was used to refer to graveyards for the poor. This is the only use of the term in the New Testament. The illustration is an 18th century Russian Orthodox icon of Jeremiah from the Iconostasis at the Church of the Transfiguration, Kiji Monastery in Karelia, Russia. But the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury, because they are the price of blood. And they consulted together and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Therefore that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the value of him who was priced, whom they of the children of Israel priced, and gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. The final example of the life of Jesus Christ as fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy is Matthew 27, verse 35, an account of the crucifixion. Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, for my clothing they cast lots. The Old Testament quotation is from Psalm 22, verse 18. Verse 17 in Psalm 22 says, They pierced my hands and my feet. The illustration is the garments divided by cast lots, another opaque watercolor over graphite on gray wove paper by James Tissot, painted between 1886 and 1894 from his Life of Christ series in the collection of the Brooklyn Museum. We shift now to the fourth major theme of the Gospel of St. Matthew, Jesus' demonstrations of his divinity exhibited through his prophecies of events in the future, including one event which had not yet happened. The first example is Jesus' prophecy of his own death in Matthew 12, verses 39 to 42, which he declares fulfills an Old Testament prophecy. 
When the Pharisees demanded that Jesus prove himself with a sign, he spoke this prophecy which was spoken again to the Pharisees in Matthew 16, verse 4. The first illustration is a circa 1181 A.D. altarpiece by Nicholas of Verdun at the Klosterneuburg Monastery near Vienna, Austria. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Remember that the title Son of Man was Jesus' name for himself. It is used again in the next example. The second illustration is an 18th century fresco of Jonah and the great fish at the chapel of St. Demetrios, Exohori, Greece. More recent translations, including the NKJV, use the word great fish, while the King James Version translated the fish as, quote, a whale. In later chapters, Jesus himself will speak many other prophecies of events to come, but in Matthew 16:21, St. Matthew offers his own preview of events to come. This preview follows a revealing dialogue near Caesarea Philippi between Jesus and his disciples. Jesus speaks in verse 13, asking, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? The disciples' evasive answer, attributed to all of his disciples, follows in verse 14, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Jesus countered with a bold, direct quotation that still resounds today in the 21st century. In verse 15, here with emphasis added, But who do you say that I am? The illustration is Christ in Majesty, a miniature illumination in colored inks and gold on parchment, from a tribute book to King Robert of Anjou, painted between 1335 and 1340 A.D. in the Tuscany region of northern Italy. Christ holds an orb in his left hand and points with his right hand toward the Blessed Virgin who appears on the adjacent panel. The book was once owned by King George II and is now in the British Library, London, England. While in verse 14, the disciples reply as a group, in verse 16, it is only St. Peter who speaks, saying, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. St. Matthew records in verse 20 that Jesus ordered the disciples not to reveal his identity. The illustration is a 6th century Byzantine mosaic of St. Peter probably somewhere in the area of Constantinople, Istanbul, Turkey. With this foundation established, St. Matthew then offers this preview of events to come in his own words in verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. The illustration 
Matthew writing his gospel is a miniature illumination in colored inks and gold on parchment from the Ecternac Gospels, also called the Codex Arius of Ecternac, made in the second quarter or third quarter of the 11th century at Ecternac, Germany, which is now Luxembourg, from Manuscript Egerton 608, Folio 19V at the British Library, London, England. The first of Jesus' prophecies referred to in the preview just read from Matthew 16, 21, is described in Matthew 16, 24 to 28 on the subject of the coming of the Son of Man in glory and judgment. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The illustration is Christ in majesty, an illumination in temper and gilt on gold on vellum that is the frontispiece to a codex made around 700 A.D. at the Benedictine Abbey of Wearmouth Barrow in Northumbria, England. Flanked on each side by an angel, Christ descends in glory and majesty in the center medallion, which is supported by four other angels. The four gospel authors are represented in the outside corners. The original has been in the collection of the Laurentian Library, Florence, Italy, since 1786 A.D. Matthew next records a prophecy of Jesus in Matthew 17, verses 7 to 12, another prediction of death and resurrection in the account of the Transfiguration traditionally understood to have taken place in the late summer of 29 A.D. While on Mount Tabor, the apostles Peter, James, and John saw Moses and Elijah standing next to Jesus and later heard a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Afterward, coming down from the mountain, Jesus spoke to them another prophecy of his own death and resurrection and another command to silence. Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and do not be afraid. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Now they came down the mountain. Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Jesus answered and said to them, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has come already, and they did not know him, but did to him whatever they wished. Likewise, the Son of Man is also about to suffer at their hands. St. Matthew adds 
in verse 13 that the disciples understood that the Elijah who has come was John the Baptist. The illustration is a 12th century tempera and gilt on panel icon of the transfiguration in the Byzantine style with Jesus at the center flanked by Moses left and Elijah right with the apostles Peter with curly hair and James and John at the bottom. A few verses later in Matthew 17 verses 22 and 23, St. Matthew's transfiguration narrative, he reports Jesus speaking another prophecy of betrayal, death, and resurrection. The traveling party had come down from Mount Tabor and were staying in the region of Galilee when Jesus spoke to them again, saying, the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and the third day he will be raised up, and they were exceedingly sorrowful. The illustration is Christ resurrected, which is labeled in Greek Anastasis, an 11th century apse mosaic in Greece. Jesus is raising Adam and Eve just out of the image left and right from Hades, with the destroyed gates and the key to Hades in the pit below. The Eastern Church tradition, traditional title of this painting is The Harrowing of Hades. St. Matthew records a more specific prophecy on the same topic in Matthew 20, verses 17 to 19. The year is 30 A.D., and the traveling party of Jesus and the disciples are somewhere in the south near the Jordan when Jesus offers this glimpse of the future. Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify, and the third day he will rise again. The illustration is the central detail of an 8th century apse fresco of the crucifixion in a cave church near present-day Gorem, Turkey. The next incident is two prophecies from Matthew 23, verses 37 to 39, and Matthew 24, 1 and 2, which I have merged into a single reading concerning the destruction of the city of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple. On Tuesday of Holy Week, two days after the triumphant entry into Jerusalem, Jesus speaks of events which did not happen until 40 years later in 70 AD when the Roman military conquered Jerusalem and set fire to the temple and set up idols in its remains. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, for I say to you, you shall see me no more until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left there upon another that shall not be thrown down. 
The first illustration, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, is James Tissot's 19th century opaque watercolor depiction of the scene showing Jesus on Solomon's porch inside the temple complex with his back to the viewer facing a crowd of city dwellers. The second illustration is Jesus Weeps Over Jerusalem, an illumination in tempera and gilt on parchment from the Gospels of Otto III, an illuminated gospel book prepared around 998 A.D. from the collection of the Bayerische Staatsbibliothek, Munich, Germany. After the disciples had heard Jesus' prophecies of the destruction of Jerusalem and of the temple as well, they wanted to know when the end was coming. Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? The detail is an illustration of Jesus and the disciples showing viewing the destruction of Jerusalem from the 11th century illumination used in the previous slide. Only then did Jesus describe a time of tribulation when false Christs would appear and at its beginning there would be wars, famines, pestilence, and earthquakes, from verse 8, which would be followed by the appearance of false prophets who would deceive many. Jesus promises that that this tribulation would not last forever and that those who endured it would be saved. He refers to Daniel's prophecy of the abomination of desolation in Matthew twenty four fifteen, quoting from Daniel nine seven, eleven thirty one, and twelve eleven, which was understood to refer to the despoiling of the temple at Jerusalem during the reign of Antiochus Epiphanes the fourth. In verse 27 to 31, Jesus uses powerful imagery to describe for the disciples the end times and the gathering of the faithful. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. The illustration, The Last Judgment, is an illumination in temper and guilt on vellum from the Bamberg Apocalypse, an illuminated version of Revelation made between 1000 and 1020 A.D. for the Holy Roman Emperor Otto III as it was used in the AIC bookstore publication, Revelation, an Idealist Interpretation, from the collection of the Bamberg State Library, Bamberg, Germany, who provided the, which provided the high-resolution images. The next prophecy reported by St. Matthew is Jesus' foretelling of the details of his coming betrayal at the Last Supper, reported in Matthew 26, verses 20 
to 25. When evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. Now as they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? He answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said to him, You have said it. The illustrations are two details from my photograph of the Last Supper, as depicted in stained glass by Franz Mayer of Munich at St. Joseph's Villa Chapel from the AIC bookstore publication, Paintings on Light. My final example of the prophecies of Jesus comes in Matthew 16, verses 21 to 35, concerning Peter's three denials. The account contains a quotation by Jesus from a prophecy of Zechariah, from Zechariah 13, 7, and also the concept of Jesus as shepherd of souls, which is developed more extensively in the Gospel of John. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, that this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. The illustration are an 18th century tempera and gilt on panel icon of Zechariah from the iconostasis at the Church of the Transfiguration, Kishi Monastery, Karelia, Russia, and the first denial of St. Peter, an opaque watercolor of a graphite on gray wove paper, another of the series in, in the Life of Christ by James Tissot from the collection of the Brooklyn Museum, Brooklyn, New York. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in each episode are from Advent, a season of penitence and preparation, an AIC seasonal video presentation presented in two episodes, the triumphant entry into Jerusalem based on Matthew 21, 1-13. The gospel reading for First Sunday in Advent is discussed in episode 1. In the Great O Anathons, a seasonal video series in seven episodes, episode 4, titled O Clavis David or Key of David, for December 21st explores Jesus' lineage from King David. In Trinity Tide, the teaching season, an AIC seasonal video series presented in nine episodes, Jesus' encounter with the Pharisees concerning the Christ is discussed in Episode 7. In the Lives of the Saints, an AIC Christian Education video series in multiple episodes from the first series, 
John is the focus of episode 4, John the Baptist of episode 10, Peter of episode 11, James of episode 12, Matthew of episode 14, and Luke of episode 15. From other episodes in the video series New Testament Gospels, from the Gospel of St. John, there is St. John's unique discussion of signs in episode 37 through episode 39. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, in the Gospel of Matthew, annotated and illustrated, topics discussed in this episode are Jesus' prophecy of his death in chapter 12, from chapter 16, the Who Do Men Say That I Am dialogue, the Turning Point verse, and another prophecy concerning the Son of Man. From chapter 20, another prophecy of death and resurrection. From chapter 21, the fulfillment of prophecy in the Cornerstone Dialogue, in which Psalm 118 is quoted. From chapter 22, the dialogue over the question, The Christ, whose son is he? From chapters 23 and 24, the two prophecies of the destruction of Jerusalem and of the temple. From chapter 26, Jesus' prophecies of the betrayal of Judas and Peter's three denials. And finally, from chapter 27, the Old Testament prophecies concerning 30 pieces of silver and the casting of lots in which Psalm 22 is quoted. From Layman's Lexicon, words and phrases of interest are the entries for Gentiles, Glory, Hades, Heaven, Judgment, Kingdom, Messiah, Parable, Prophet slash Prophecy, Son of Man, Tribulation, and Vulgate. From the Prayer Book Psalter History Text and Commentary, Psalm 22 is discussed on pages 47 to 49, Psalm 110 on pages 257 to 258, and Psalm 118 on pages 272 to 274. From the writing Prophets of the Old Testament, the prophet Daniel is discussed in Part 2, Chapter 4 on pages 37 to 58, which include the non-canonical writings of Daniel and the text box Theophanies, Images of Christ with God the Father on page 47. The prophet Zechariah is discussed in part 3, chapter 11, pages 105 to 110, with the text box Zechariah in Scripture and Christian Liturgy on page 106. From Revelation, an idealist interpretation, the illustration of the Last Judgment is printed on page 171 and discussed on pages 170 and 171. In other chapters, St. John uses the same imagery of lightning and thunder referred to in Jesus' prophecy of the Tribulation in Matthew 24. These are found in chapters 4, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 16. The devastation accompanying judgment in chapter 16. The earth without the moon or the sun in chapter 21. And the text box 
created versus uncreated light on page 181. In Paintings on Light, the Stained Glass Windows of St. Joseph's Villa Chapel, the Last Supper illustration used in association with the prophecy of Judas's betrayal is on page 42. From Occasional Services for Anglican Worship, a complete service for Transfiguration Day is found on pages 125 to 144. Finally, there is Father Ron's blog, a page on our website featuring information on the latest projects, videos, and publications. Entries usually include an illustration from the featured series. You can reach the blog page using the tabs at the top or bottom of any page or by entering the direct URL address that you see on the screen. By clicking on the Follow Anglican Internet Church legend in the right-hand column and afterward entering your email address, you can receive notice of each new posting from our site host, wordpress.com. Please be assured that we do not share emails with any, any other organization. Thank you for joining me for Episode 5 in the New Testament Gospels. Next time in episode six, I will complete the discussion of the Gospel of Matthew with a focus on examples of unique features of and selected memorable quotations from the Gospel of Matthew. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.